every so often when I'm out and about, I meet people who impress and intrigue me. And my next guest is one of those people, Assistant Professor Dr. Andre Elias from the Music Academy at Hong Kong Baptist University, researches and performs in a variety of musical traditions from the Americas, Spain, South Asia and Southeast Asia. He plays the tabla, the guitar, the cello and the sitar that he has actually brought into the studio with him today. Plus, you can hear it just there, plus he also speaks Hindi and Bengali. And now you can see why I was so impressed. Let me just welcome him to the studio. Good afternoon to you. Well, it's nearly afternoon. Good morning still to you. Good morning to you. Thanks very much for having me on the show. Yeah, it's lovely to have you on the show. And, you know, as I said, like, I sort of really just bumped into you. And to give you, to give people just an insight as to, you know, you're a professor at the Baptist University. And tell me, how long have you been in Hong Kong? What brought you here? Well, I began in 2016 at Hong Kong Baptist University when we were the School of Music. And um, this was actually immediately after completing my PhD. And so I had been doing some research, mostly in India for that. And then as soon as I finished, I was extremely lucky to be offered a position here as an assistant professor. And so I've been working for the past, uh, I guess now this is the beginning of year seven, um, teaching uh, primarily the non-Western music courses, a lot of cultural studies, anthropology, uh, and things to really try to expose the students to things outside of their personal background, which is often Western music or uh, Chinese traditional music. And where did you, when did your interest in music start? Oh, uh, pretty early on, I became very interested um, in music. Well, I, I was I was forced to play music when I was young. <laughs> so was it I, from a musical family then? That uh, you had? No, actually, for school, for school. Oh, right, okay. uh, and so I began with cello, which I quite liked, um, but it wasn't the you know the hip popular thing to do at that point. I was I believe I was eight years old, nine years old, um, and so pretty soon after, I started playing guitar, and I got really excited about. Um, you know, pop music, rock and roll. This was the early nineties. This is in California. This You're... is in California. I was. Uh -huh. I grew up in Berkeley, California, and uh, yeah. I mean, I, I spent most of my secondary school, high school there, uh, playing rock and punk rock shows, and I did get exposed at that time because of living in Berkeley. Uh, to a lot of really diverse music. Mm -hmm. And um, this is how I started picking up on um, especially uh, Indian music, uh, mm -hmm. Hindustani music specifically. And so what attracted you to that? I mean, there's a real uh, diverse type of music around, you know, in terms of when you look at Indian instruments and the type of music that's there. What kind of drew you to it? Yeah, I think uh, originally it was the percussion. Uh -huh. uh, the percussion systems in Hindustani music are very... Well, you could call it math nerdy. I think mm -hmm. a lot of drummers, um, even in popular music genres, when they start to really think deeply about uh, philosophy behind rhythm and, and really complex rhythmic concepts, they get really excited about, uh, especially tabla playing. Mm -hmm. And so some of my favorite bands, uh, actually their drummers had studied tabla, and this was sort of my first entry into it. Uh, the other side of that was actually being interested in electronic music 
and uh, hearing Zakir Hussain, who's a very famous uh, mm. tabla player, mm -hmm. um, perform in a kind of modern fusion group called Tabla Beat Science. And that was one of my first big ones that was in the mid-late 90s. And how difficult, do it, I mean, you've always had this interest in music. And as you said, you know, you were playing the cello and, and the guitar. Now, these instruments that you started to get interested in, how different were they to actually learn? Was there a different concept totally to, to picking those up? Well, yes, at first it was rather difficult, or at least it wasn't as easy to access teachers. Mm -hmm. And I had really grown up learning with the community, not necessarily formal lessons like you would, uh, you know, in a conservatory or in, um, you know, proper lessons. I certainly learned a lot with friends, uh, playing music, learning more complex songs, learning some classical guitar. That's really my main focus as, a, as is actually a guitarist. Mm -hmm. um, and I eventually found teachers really much later on um, during my undergraduate and master's degrees in Southern California. Mm -hmm. And there I really was able to take my budding interest in this music. Uh, a friend of mine had purchased a set of tabla for me while he was on a trip in India. And I was obviously no good mm -hmm. at it. But mm -hmm. then uh, starting to learn formally um, with some wonderful maestros, especially in San Diego. Um, so uh, I studied with Arup Chatterjee, who's a wonderful uh, tabla player, um, and also Kartik Seshadri, who is uh, an amazing sitar player. So that's amazing that you've got access to people like that with those skills in America at that time to be able to learn. Yeah, well, it was a rare uh, opportunity because um, one of the more famous historically figures within the entire Hindustani music tradition is Ravi Shankar. Mm -hmm. And he actually moved to the San Diego area and his students and he uh, were at UCSD, U University of California, San Diego, and created a community. So really anyone could join this large ensemble that was totally for beginners and very non-traditional way of teaching it, um, but very open to everyone. And so, yes, it was quite a unique opportunity. Well, you know, I'm kind of tempted because I noticed that, you know, you've got this at our with you at the moment before we uh, actually hear you play it a little bit tell me you know for somebody who's not familiar with certain indian instruments they may be familiar with the sound because you do hear them in in other music as well um but if you were to describe the sitar how would you describe it to somebody who's not familiar with it oh wow uh that's a great question I, i've certainly heard t terms words that border on more of the spiritual or ethereal concepts mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think this is primarily because the sitar has a lot of strings on it mm -hmm. and you actually only play one string most of the time yet the other ones resonate through what they call sympathetic vibrations mm -hmm. and this creates that shimmering sound that is so uniquely uh, uh south asian aesthetic and so i think a lot of people think oh ethereal or some spiritual perhaps and it's that vibration it's that vibration and then um there are certainly other adjectives that people talk about in fact there's a section within uh the musical performance called the jala which is a very fiery section and it literally means like to to ignite yes. um so those those sorts of terms fiery i think also very emotional there's mm -hmm. a lot of beautiful ways of manipulating the strings that um are much more beyond than what you could do on a guitar for example uh, and that people almost uh, connect to like the human voice, and yeah. that's a very important yeah. aesthetic. And how long does it? How long did it take you to master it? 
<laughs> well, masters well, well, oh, is not, suppose, not oh, the word know, I would ever use. But, I, don't, I mean, uh, if you're going to be humble, you will say, oh, I haven't mastered it yet. yet. But, in, <laughs> but you obviously are very good at playing it. But did it take a long time for you to get used to it? Uh, I, I think that because of my previous experience with string instruments, mm -hmm. uh, I was able to at least make it sound okay at first. And mm -hmm. it is, once it's tuned, does sound very easy with very little effort. Okay. But the actual playing of the the pieces and the really the prize of this whole tradition is being able to improvise okay. to create beautiful structures within a a relatively strict framework yet still have that sort of infinite amounts of variability and creativity now if you were going to describe what it looks like for somebody who's not seen it obviously people can google and and see what a sitar looks like it has got a very sort of rounded base which is i think actually uh, from a from an actual vegetable, you know, is it a pumpkin or what, what is it? Uh, it is a type of gourd. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I think most of them come from uh, the Bengal area uh, and some from Assam, but most Eastern India, Central mm -hmm. India, mm -hmm. uh, and it is a gourd that's attached to a very long, um, often piece of Indian rosewood is, is a very common material mm -hmm. um, for the instrument, as as are many other instruments from this tradition. And then it's decorated um, with really beautiful details, all hand painted, um, as well and as carving, carving, carving mm -hmm. into the wood, which are very floral designs. Um, a lot of the kind of paisley. Yeah, you know, very, very yeah, typical South very Asian lovely. design. Right. Well, I think um, you can certainly give us a, a taste of it now, and he's going to play that for us. That's beautiful. Now, um, I noticed it started off quite kind of soft and then it kind of built up there. That's, uh, it sounds beautiful. It is very mesmerizing. And, and you can hear that almost like, as you said, like it's almost like someone's voice there singing. Um, now, you know, it, it is an amazing instrument. Did you, I know that you've actually spent time in India. Was Did that help you to actually kind of perfect some of this and to really when you get immersed in the culture did that help you to to kind of define yourself as well in your music oh yes 100 percent uh i think that learning this tradition um i mean it's really part of my my field which is called ethnomusicology mm -hmm. one of the principles of this is to really blend and learn the a variety of different musical forms so coming from my guitar music you know jazz metal uh, and also a lot of latin music my family's from south america and spain um having this being paired with a completely different musical form was really revolutionary when it comes to my own thinking about how music operates how music works what is beautiful in music um and i have to say it made my playing of say the more western spanish music way better really way way way, way wow. better studying especially um i mean both both of course elaborate forms of melody which is uh the string instruments but also rhythm mastering rhythmic control is something that is extremely important of course across all musical genres but the 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 almost you know nerd level complexity of uh tabla playing and the mathematics of it really 
improved my guitar playing. Um, and so I, I really noticed this. Living in India as well, I lived in Jaipur for um, almost a year and then Kolkata for about two years mm -hmm. doing research, but also doing a lot of language courses. And certainly that immersion was incredibly important for me to better understand, you know, the, the aesthetics behind the instrument, the reasons behind the instrument. Um, and again, I, I mentioned mimicry of the voice. That's one of the most important elements where if you don't know the language well and you don't yes. know the cadence and the pronunciation, um, it's much harder to really capture that when playing an And instrument. that really leads to my next question because, you know, uh, you just mentioned the whole thing about language. Now, you actually do speak Hindi and you speak Bengali. What made you sort of, uh, was it to enhance again the skills that you have to learn the language, to be able to understand the, the beauty of it? Well, I would say that because I was involved in the music before learning the language, it was something that I viewed as a necessary skill to fully understand uh, a deep, you know, um, a deep, a deep understanding, to have a deep understanding of, of how the music operates. And I chose to begin studying Hindi uh, at the University of Washington during my Ph.D., which was a, you know, renowned boot camp style class. Um, but it certainly inspired me uh, to look deeper, to understand other elements of um culture. Uh, I was learning about uh, different aspects of the different comparative religions. I was learning about um, modern history uh, and really getting a broad understanding where I did uh, actually a master's in South Asian studies, which required language lessons. At the same time, it also provided very important opportunities for funding, um, which I started getting year after year. And this really helped go to India. This helped uh, do the um, the, the scholarships, which were all language based. I switched to Bengali really from the, the sheer realization that all of my teachers and friends were Bengali. And there's a lot of, and I suppose Bengali, there's a lot of amazing poetry by Rabindranath Tagore, and mm. I suppose a lot of things that you maybe play has got that Bengali link to it, has it? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, my, my research during the PhD was uh, more focused on Kolkata because of the, um, the slide guitar tradition there. Oh, I focused yes. on a, a Hindustani slide guitar it was kind of the perfect blend, right, of my guitar uh -huh. and sitar interests. And um, there, actually, there's a very long tradition that's uh, Bengali folk music and Rabindranath Tagore music, as yeah. you mentioned, uh -huh. played on the slide guitar. So that was a, a large part of my research. We've just got a, a little while just before the news headlines, but if you would describe the slide guitar, exactly what is it? Is that well, it would be a guitar with um, a slide guitar, say from a Hawaiian perspective, would be strings that are elevated that you press down with a uh, metal bar. And that allows you to slide between notes, which is why it gives oh, you that, no okay. that, that name. Uh, and it really is even better at uh, vocal reproduction. So an Indian slide guitar, Hindustani slide guitar, would just have all those extra strings to add that uh, resonance and that uh, beautiful sympathetic string quality. Well, no doubt you're the expert on that one. I mean, chances are if you put an extra string there for me, I wouldn't have foggiest as to what was going on. But <laughs> but we're going to talk a little bit more in a few moments. We're going to cross over to the newsroom for the news headlines and then we've got a track of music. But we will be back and we'll he hear a little bit more of that in a few minutes. You're listening to Brunch with me, Sadia, and um, I'm sitting in for Noreen and my guest is Dr. Andrea Elias, who's here 
talking about his music and we've heard the sitar and it was just absolutely beautiful. Um, before we hear any more of it, actually, Andre, can I just ask you, like, you know, you mentioned that you were teaching at Baptist University and, you know, what is the sort of appetite for, for music at the moment? Do you find that a lot of people are coming forward and are they looking at kind of diverse instruments like you are focusing on? Yeah, I would say that um, there is an appetite that is is growing. Um, it's been quite a challenge to try to bridge that gap between the different communities, you know, uh, doing uh, music, putting together large events. Um, we were working as an organization called In Harmony Arts and Culture, and we've rebranded as the South Asian Arts Academy. And this is a nonprofit that I've participated with uh, in Hong Kong. That has done some amazing shows, and it's been a trickle of interest from the local community at first. And it's growing. Now there are students who are becoming more and more interested. And I would say that the primary reasons why they show interest is a sense of internationalization. It's mm -hmm. something that we push a lot at Hong Kong Baptist University, and um, we're really trying to get the students to think about experiences abroad, study abroad, careers that can you know, span many cultures. And um, so we've been involved in, in really um, you know, bringing those sorts of opportunities to students and having them you know, integrate into all the different small enclaves and diaspora communities that exist here in Hong Kong. It's mm -hmm. wonderfully diverse, and so we're taking advantage. Yeah. Is there a kind of a similarity to a certain extent with the instruments? Because I, I was recently at a concert which was done by the PolyU alumni group and they had an orchestra and they brought out some amazing instruments and the sounds were absolutely beautiful from the flute to, I, I don't know the names of the instruments, but I did actually find that some of the sounds of them were very similar to, you know, when I listened to the sitar, that sort of lilting sound and is, is there a similarity between some of the Chinese instruments? Because they are quite complicated, too. Of course, them, of they? course, yeah. Well, each each uh, tradition has their own complexity, and I think it just depends on the um, on how close you can make that similar comparison. There are, for example, many what they call ragas, which are melodic um, forms in Hindustani music, and also in the South, but in Hindustani music, that are really similar to the scales that you'll hear in traditional Chinese music. Mm, mm. And so um, we've actually had a number of scholars uh, that we've interacted with um, at HKBU. They, they did a, a workshop last year, actually, that, that made those wonderful parallels between those two systems, those tonalities, if you will, um, of uh, select pieces from music in India and select pieces and styles of music in traditional Chinese music. So there's there's certainly melodic comparisons. Um, there's certainly rhythmic comparisons. And I think uh, philosophically as well, that this lilting sound that you mentioned, people do get a sense that there's a, a meditative aspect, an appreciation mm. for the quality mm. of the sound um, that I think really comes from a, a, a view that sound has um, some sort of, you know, power that moves us. Um, mm. And so I think that that comes across a lot, especially in those slower pieces, those really expressive, you know, um, pieces that are meant for meditation in many ways. Yeah, because well, obviously music is very much part of religion, about meditation, certainly within the Indian culture, in South Asian, um, you know, culture itself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, can I ask you now, just to, just to end really as to, you know, you're finishing up now here in Hong Kong. What are your sort of ambitions? If I was going to ask you, like, ideally, where do you see yourself? What would you like to be doing? Well, actually, my next steps are in Spain. Uh, and that's where my 
family is, uh, and I'll be I'll be going over there after this year, and I'll continue doing academic work. Um, one of my primary research interests is actually the ecology of instrument making, and so um, I'm I've done actually projects on that topic in India with slide guitar. Um, mm -hmm. And in Myanmar, actually, uh, with another slide guitar tradition. And now, uh, very sort of logically, I'd, I'd go to Spain for their guitar making tradition. So I, I have research in that direction. Uh, and I'm looking also to foster more um, communities uh, in Spain now that, you know, want to share and enjoy Hindustani classical music. So I, I've already made some very good friends in the community, and we've been doing some work um, with the consulates as well, and trying to really open up a branch of this nonprofit, the South Asian Arts Academy, That's over fantastic. there in, in Barcelona, actually. That sounds absolutely amazing. Thank you, Andre, for coming in today. No, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I'd really like it if you could just kind of play one little bit and you could describe what it is, maybe just a short piece, and um, um, tell me a little bit about it when before you play it. What, what are you going to play? Uh, sure. So I'll play um, a slightly different um, piece than what I played before. Um, this one, the name of it is Basant Mukari. Mm -hmm. And Basant Mukari is literally like springtime. Okay. Right? Basant is spring. Okay. Uh, and this is supposed to be um, a combination of notes, even though there are similar notes, a combination of notes that is much more a beat and, I don't know, the, the feelings of spring, I think, are very, very uh, positive, very happy. And hopefully we'll hear thank you. some of that. Okay. Well, yeah. thank you very much for coming in. And thank we'll you. end with that. Thank you.